you're listening to the Trinity Podcast. We are a multi-site church in the Chicago area whose mission is to help you look, live, and love more like Jesus. Well, good morning, Trinity family, friends, and guests. It is snowing outside. Man. Uh, I'm not going to say that um, I was catfished into getting here. If you don't know what that means, ask a millennial or a Gen Z or around you. But I will say this. Um, when, I, when I came to visit, it was like 60, 70 de- de- degrees outside. It was beautiful. The sun was shining. And back home in San Antonio, it was like 115 degrees humidity. And so I'd call back home to Jackie and like, it's amazing. The weather's so great. We're going to love it here. Um, but I do want you to know that we do still love it. The girls were so excited to see the snowfall. Um, ask us when we can't get out of our driveway. It might be a little bit different at that point, but we're here for it. We're here for it. Hey, if I haven't been able to meet you yet, um, my name is Roy, and I get to serve as the site pastor here at Trinity Green Trails. We are one church in three locations, and um, I would love an opportunity to, to meet with you, to sit uh, across the table from you and get to know you as well. If I haven't been able to do that, feel free to reach out um, to me in whatever way. Um, our, our emails are pretty easy. It's just roy.farius at tlc4u.org. Um, and I actually have already received a few invites, so thank you for that. I'm really looking forward to an opportunity to get to know you and you to get to know our family um, as well. Well, we are finishing this series in Exodus that we've been going through for several weeks together. Um, we're calling it the Gospel According to Moses. And today we're going to be hanging out in Exodus chapter 40. Um, if you want to go ahead and turn there now, whether you have one of these nice um, readers or uh, on your app, you can turn to Exodus chapter 40. Um, this is where we're going to be for our morning together. Um, and we're calling the title um, The Dwelling Place of God. The Dwelling Place of of God. And as we were preparing for this message, it kind of got me thinking about time and space. And I wonder, do you ever think about time and space? And, and I do mean in an existential kind of way. Like, do you ever just look out at the grandeur of space that we're in and how the continuum of time keeps going and how time is, it's kind of crazy if you think about it. Like, it took my family and I two full days to drive up here from San Antonio. We had one first leg up to St. Louis uh, for 16 hours, and that was nuts. Like, don't do that. 16 hours of driving is crazy. And then the next day, uh, we continued going uh, down up here to Neighborville. That was another four-hour drive. On the other hand, it took our little girls just two and a half hours in the air to get here with their grandparents. It's crazy. Two days versus two hours by flight. Time and space. And, and right now we're reading about a people group, right? We're reading about this people group and their real life story from thousands of years ago, like three, 4,000 years ago. And through it all, God is present. See, God was present before time, before the creation of time. God's present in time and he's present after time. Vera, she asked me the the cutest question in the world whenever we're on a road trip. She'll say, Daddy, are we almost there? And I'm like, not not yet, honey. Uh, We'll be there in a couple of hours. And the cutest thing, she'll say, Daddy, is that a long time? Is two hours a long time? I, I love it. Every time she asks me that, I'm like, it's kind of a long time, baby. It's kind of a long time. But in the time, God 
is present. And today we're going to be able to see through this tabernacle here, through, through this segment of scripture that Jill read over us, we're going to be able to see how through the tabernacle that God is present with us, that he chooses to sojourn with us, his created people. Through the tabernacle, we're going to be able to see what it reminds us of, what it points us toward, and what it provides us with. But before we move any further, would you, would you join me in prayer? God, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you for the love that you have for us. God, thank you for the snowfall. Lord, uh, thank you for everybody who is here right now with us and, and with us online, God. I pray that you would go before us to prepare our heart, soul, and mind to receive from your word of truth. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins because you know, God, that they are many, but thank you, thank you that you're faithful and you're just to forgive us of our sins whenever we come to your throne of grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So what the tabernacle reminds us of um, here in this segment of scripture that we're in, in Exodus chapter 40, I feel like a lot of times this segment um, can be a little bit overlooked. Like I haven't heard a lot of sermons preached on it or there's not tons of books written about it. And I wonder if it's because in our kind of Western idea, whenever we read just a text where it's a lot of information and kind of instruction, I feel like sometimes we can think it's a little bit uh, TMI, right? A little bit too much information. Um, if you would look at, and you don't have to do it right now, but you can, if you would look at Leviticus chapter chapter 19. I feel like uh, the book of Leviticus can kind of be that way as well, which is why maybe a lot of times uh, Christians, we might kind of overlook that book as well. And it might even be that as the organizers of our scriptures, you know, the folks who kind of put the chapters and the verses, and if you'll notice, um, every chapter kind of has a subheading in there. Um, if you see Leviticus chapter 19, I wonder if the organizer was starting to get a little cross-eyed, because in my Bible, the, the title of Leviticus chapter 19 is Various Laws. They were just kind of like, whoa, there's a lot going on here. I don't know what to title it. So we're just going to do various laws. I, I kind of wonder if it could be similar in the way that we see like an Ikea furniture a manual or, or something like that. It's really important, but it's a lot of information. I, I wonder if that's why Exodus 40 might get overlooked a little bit um, when it comes to us looking at the scriptures. But if we would go into the mindset of the ancient Near Eastern Jewish people, Y'all, they would see the beauty of the details, and they would be enamored by it. And see, as, as the storyteller was sharing with them, the, I think a beautiful narrative and a, a beautiful movie would be playing on in their minds. As the storyteller would be telling them, verse 20, how Moses was taking the tablets of the covenant law and placing them in the ark and grabbing the poles to the ark, he would put the atonement cover over it. I imagine that in the hearers of the first people, they would be just kind of envisioning this movie playing on in their minds. I wonder if they would kind of see it how an actor would see uh, the script that they would be given for their movie. I wonder if Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, I kind of imagine them reading the script for the movie The Ghost for the first time and, and seeing the director's notes in there and, and then them envisioning how, how they were going to act out that famous pottery scene, right? Like making these words come to life in the way that they were able to, to act it out. See, in Exodus chapter 40, we get this beautiful explanation of the tabernacle here, and it was amazing for the Hebrew people. 
they would hear Moses and, and how seven times he would set up a different portion of the tabernacle. And, and for the people of God, they would be reminded about the creation account. How we were told that in six days God created, and then on the seventh day he rested, right? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. And then in a similar way, we would see here in Exodus chapter 40, verse 33, so Moses finished the work. The seventh thing, Moses finished his work. See, the faithful, they would have seen this natural correlation happening here in the storyline of God. The Israelites, they would see that God's presence is here in the tabernacle, and they would see how that's reminding the people that just as God was present with them in the Garden of Eden, he's present with them now. Just as he sojourned with Adam and Eve right there in the garden, he's sojourning with them right now. Now, you see, the tabernacle does a beautiful job at reminding us of our past, how we were designed to be in this relationship with God, to be the image bearers of God and reflecting that image to the rest of creation. You see, this is the goal of God. The goal of God is to be present with us. In the story of Exodus, it wasn't just God's desire to rescue his people from slavery. No, no, his goal was to dwell in their midst. And in the same way for you and for me, God doesn't seek to just save us from the mess of this world. He doesn't seek to just save us from hell. He wants to dwell with us. See, our purpose is to participate in this saving work of God in the world and for the world. And so this leads us to how the tabernacle points us toward. It points us forward. You see, as believers, the tabernacle reminds us of what's to come. It reminds us of our future hope when we are going to be able to dwell in the fullness of God's presence with no more borders and no more factions Listen, when we understand the idea of this tabernacle here, we not only get to understand the, the Exodus story, but we get to get a fuller understanding of God's story given to us through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. You see, the tabernacle not only reminds us what we were designed for, but it reminds us what we are destined for. And Revelation gives us this beautiful picture of what our destiny looks like. See, in Revelation chapter 21, the writer says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. John would go on to say, Look, can you see it? that here in the complete fullness of God's unadulterated presence, he said there's not going to be any more death or mourning or crying or pain because all that belongs with sin has now been passed away. He would go on to say in the next chapter that there won't be any more cursing, that the throne of God, uh, the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. They will see his face and they will reign forever and ever. Y'all, the beautiful tabernacle 
It reminds us that this isn't it. Like whatever this is, this isn't the end all and be all for us. We don't have to settle for how things are because we know how things will be. We don't have to settle for how things are because we know how things will be. I, I think part of the reason why the Israelites struggled with their calling to be the image bearers of God. And, and I think part of the reason why we struggle with that too is because we forget that we are being sent by God to the world and for the world. I think we forget that. And so in forgetting that notion, we then begin to look like the world. We start to look like her and dress like her. We begin to sow dissension instead of unity. We begin to spread hate instead of love. We worship money and status and accolade. You know, all the things that we were designed and created not to do and not to be, I think we begin to forget that we were created in peace and for peace, and to spread that shalom peace of God everywhere we go. And I think we forget that naturally. Naturally, I think we get stuck in the craziness of our right now, and so we start to think that this right now is now going to be our forever. But if we would just remember that this isn't it, if we would just remember how things will B, I mean, wasn't it Jesus who taught us to pray that beautiful prayer, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come now. If we would remember that this isn't it, then we could keep on marching toward the prize that's set before us, the Apostle Paul would say. We would be, be able to march toward that glorious day and invite others to join us, to journey with us. You see, the tabernacle, it, it provides us with this right now presence of God, that God sojourns with us in the present, and he does it right now. Now, you see, when the very first hearers, when the Hebrew audience in this ancient Near Eastern region, when they would hear the word tabernacle, the word in, in the Hebrew is miskan. And as they would hear miskan, they would also hear the verb sakan, which means to sojourn. You see, the tabernacle is the miskan. It's a tent, right? And it sojourns with the people. I mean, wow, that's what they would hear, that the presence of God sojourns with you right now in your wilderness, in your wandering, and everywhere you go. I mean, do you hear that beautiful song in Psalm 139 playing out here? where it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day for darkness is a light to you. 
Wow. Y'all, Taylor Swift has nothing on that writing, right? I mean, that's beautiful. You see, the Israelites, they hadn't yet made it to the promised land. They were still kind of circling around and around in the wilderness there, waiting to get to where they were going. And in between their journey to their destination, God was present with them. And in the same way, God dwells with you and with me in our in-between, in the in-between of our right now and that promised second coming. You see, this isn't it, and praise God for that. And he's dwelling with you right now in your present circumstance. Whatever that might be, he's dwelling with you. For all the joys and all the tears, he's chosen to dwell with you in the pain and in the triumphs. We've all experienced this before. If you're breathing, we've all experienced highs and lows. I remember one of them so vividly in my life. It was uh, the very first night after my dad had passed away. I was only 12 years old. He passed two days after my birthday. And I remember this so vividly as if it was just last night. And and I remember my 12-year-old brain trying to make sense of this trauma and, and how I was going to be able to go to sleep and then wake up the next day in the horror of my new reality. See, God was dwelling with me in that present pain and with you too. And so I got up and I've been getting up every day for the past 25 years. And as long as I live, our God dwells with me and he dwells with you. I also remember the elation that I felt when I was able to hold Vera in my chest for the very first time and every time after that. You see, Jackie and I, we had struggled with miscarriages and infertility for some time before our gift of Vera. And so holding her for that first time in that present moment, you know, I didn't want it to end and I still do. I don't want it to end. And, and I know that one day it, it will end because it, you can't really cuddle with a 16-year-old. That's kind of weird and, and illegal. And uh, it should be, by the way. But, but in that moment, the elation that I was feeling of hearing her coos and her squirms, in that present moment, God was dwelling with me, and he dwells with you. He's in it. For all that it is, he's in it with us. He's dwelling with us. Our pastor, Nick, he pointed out what I think is the fullness of this gift here in Exodus, a gift that transcends time. And I want to share it with you. You see, uh, the pastors, whenever we get to preach before our sites, we get to gather together and meet with our senior pastor. And we just talk about the text and what the Lord is sharing and what he would like for us to share with our church across all sites. And and it's a beautiful moment when we gather together to be able to to deliver the message with you. And so Nick pointed this out for us. It's a really beautiful thing. And he really hit it home for us in that room. And I hope it hits home for you as well. He told us, hey, guys, I want you to look at verses 34 through 38 with me. And he said, with the tabernacle, we get three things. We get God's direction. We get his assurance. And we get his protection and light. Check this out right here in verse 36. 
Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. You see, the people, they wouldn't go anywhere if God wasn't leading them. I mean, people of God, we have this faith and confidence that in our present circumstance, we know that God is there. He knows what we have need of, and he knows where we need to go, and he knows just how to get us there. Wherever we are, wherever you are, people of God, as our hand is in the hand of God, we're just going to naturally then go to wherever it is that he's leading us. And we know that he's leading us there because we know that he's only going to lead us to peace and unity and love and whatever else is oozing out Philippians 4, 8, if you want to look at that. Peace, love, unity, grace. Whenever we're holding on to the hand of God, we naturally go to where he's leading us. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I never knew what Neighborville Lyle was before now. Like, no offense, I didn't even know you existed. And guess what? You didn't know I existed either, and I'm a little bit offended by that because I'm kind of a big deal. I've got four TikTok followers, and our teenager says it's kind of a lot. So I'm kind of a big deal. It's okay that you didn't know that. But in the storyline of my family, as we held on to God's hand, he placed our hand into your hands, and here we are together. And because of that, because we are in God's hands, y'all, we couldn't be happier, my family and I. And yeah, y'all been keeping me on my toes, but there is no place we would rather be than in the hand of God because we are right where the Lord has guided us. Believer, don't let go of God's hand. Non-believer, grab on because there's no other place that you would rather be than in the hand of God because we know that as we hold on, we've got this blessed assurance. Nick showed us in verse 37, but if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day that it was taken up. See, just as the people would go to where God would lead, they would also rest when God would rest. See, we're invited to keep going and to keep on going and to not stop on mission, but we're also invited to rest in his presence, to rest. You see, God directs us, he assures us, and third, he protects us with his glorious light. In verse 38, for the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day and fire was in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. You see, the writer of Exodus is so masterful. I mean, so spirit led. These first few verses, they do hit home because God directs us where to go. He assures us that he's always with us. And as we go and do, God protects us and he gives us his light. What a beautiful truth that God chooses to dwell with us because he loves us. He loves us. And so he came. 
The second person in the Trinity, our Jesus, came. The storyline goes on in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, that the Father looked at the Son, and he said, hey, let's go down there and dwell with our people in a way that we've never done it before. I love how Eugene Peterson points it out in John, chapter 1, verse 14, that the Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. See, Jesus has made his dwelling with us. When, when the first Christians, the Greek audience, would hear uh, this word being spoken over them, this is how they would hear that, that Jesus has come to dwell with us. The actual Greek word is translated tabernacled with us. They would have heard that Jesus came to tabernacle with them. I mean, wow, right? It's going right back to this Exodus story that we're listening and that we're reading and learning about. The first Christians, they would have immediately remembered how God tabernacled with the people in the wilderness. They would see that this Jesus in John chapter one is the sojournment of God with us, that the word became flesh and blood to sojourn, to tabernacle with us. Do you see why Jesus is the Emmanuel? That he is God with us? You see, God has dwelled with us since before the start of creation. God dwells with us now and he's with you always through that glorious day of when he comes again. This is our God, Emmanuel, God with us so fitting that next week we get to start our Advent series called Songs of the Series where we get to celebrate this glorious truth of our Emmanuel, of our Savior born. You're not going to want to miss that incredible series with us. Throughout all the journeys, God dwells with you. I mean, thank you, God, for sojourning with us, for tabernacling with us. Amen? Amen. Would you join me in prayer? God, we thank you for this beautiful truth of how much you love us and that your, de your desire has always been to dwell with us. Thank you that this truth is shown since the start of creation through revelation in that glorious day where we will experience the fullness, the unadulterated fullness of your glory. And God, as we wait for that day, as we tarry on, God, thank you that you so dwell with us right now. God, I pray that we would believe in the truth that whatever our present circumstance, whether it's good and great or hard and sad, that this isn't it. And that you are leading us and guiding us to present joy as we point to the day of that fullness of joy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Trinity Podcast. We hope this week's message encouraged you to consider the claims of Jesus in a new way, and we would love to have you join us for worship on the weekend. To find a location near you, visit www.tlc4u.org.